0: Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, the business examiner podcast, presented by Coastal Community Credit Union. Who's helping you take care of your financial health? Coastal Community Credit Union is here to help you reach your goals and do great things. Visit cccu.ca for more information. This episode features a special guest from the Density Development Corporation. The Density team has delivered over $2 billion of real estate across Canada, their portfolio includes projects across Vancouver Island, the Fraser Valley, Okanagan, and District of Squamish. We cover the company's origins, outlook, opportunity evaluation process, and much more. Our conversation starts now.
1: I'm David Foley. I'm uh, co-founder of uh, Density Development Corp. Uh, located in uh, Vancouver. I've been active in real estate for over 30 years, uh, starting off as a project architect and shifting into real estate development. Uh, Along the way, I've uh, acquired uh, experience in multiple asset classes, including commercial, light industrial, and uh, residential. My role with Density is to direct the assessment, planning, and delivery of our projects. Uh, I'm affectionately known as the details guy. I'm focused on the project delivery and management. That's what I do best.
0: Awesome, David. Well, I've been excited to have you on. I've seen uh, Density pop up uh, in the news in some of the regions that we serve, which is kind of how I initially reached out to you. And the first thing I want to cover with you is just kind of what has driven your business to kind of look at areas like the Okanagan and Vancouver Island, you know, your Vancouver based developer seeing opportunity, these smaller markets and wondering if you can just kind of elaborate on how you've come to decide to invest in these areas. Well, it's
1: actually a natural evolution. Our team
0: has been active
1: on the island and in the Okanagan for over a decade. So we've seen these markets grow, mature. And uh, with, you uh, no, you look for the silver linings with something like COVID, this flight to safety, uh, we were already there. We saw it unfolding real time. Uh, Gary Foley, who's uh, one of uh, Density's co-founders, also happens to be my uncle, and I have uh, both together and independently have been active in these markets uh, for well over 20 years in multiple asset classes. This is just a natural evolution of where we see not only opportunity, but essentially good places to do business, great places to want to go and live and uh, have families, run your business there. They're
0: just great communities. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I appreciate you you sharing that. And when you look at, let's say, on the island, uh, there's the Uplands Terrace in Nanaimo that I saw, and there's an acquisition you've made on Esquimalt Road. But is there something specific about these regions, whether you're looking at kind of population growth trends or you know the kinds of industries that are in those areas? Is there anything that kind of sticks out as you are evaluating these opportunities?
1: These communities are maturing, and they're maturing quickly, and We understand the markets, we understand the municipalities and their approval process. So that allows us to assess an opportunity, understand how it fits into the community. And because places like Victoria, Collwood, Nanaimo, and uh, places like Kelowna, you can still get that one on one contact with planning staff, you can get very insightful information from our broker contacts our business contacts on the island and in the valley as well as when we start a development even before there are shovels in the ground we'll go and meet our neighbors we'll go knock on the door introduce ourselves and we find that we can establish better relationships more meaningful relationships in those markets it's a little bit harder to do that in metro vancouver Everyone kind of looks at you a little bit suspicious when you actually want to come forward
0: and actually be a nice person and do the right thing. Is there anywhere else in the province that you're looking at? You've kind of, you mentioned Victoria, Nanaimo, Kelowna, anything like Kamloops, Northern BC, the Comox Valley, stuff like that?
1: Uh, Yes, actually. Uh, Well, we're Vancouver-based, so everything radiates out from Metro Vancouver. So right now in the Lower Mainland, uh, we are active Langley, we have a life industrial project under construction. We have a 12 and a half acre site that we purchased last year that is in Chilliwack. We also have a large property in Squamish. So we're stepping out with the growth from downtown Vancouver. Uh, On Vancouver Island, I would say Everything from Victoria proper all the way up to Comox, Courtney, and even a couple of opportunities in Campbell River that we've assessed in the last six months alone. And then through the Okanagan, West Kelowna and Kelowna, there's so much happening there. and We've done so many projects over the years that we've decided to focus there. However, we've looked at opportunities in Vernon. We've looked at Penticton uh, recently. And occasionally, we will we'll take we'll we'll take a peek at uh, what's happening in Calgary and Edmonton.
0: I have seen that actually. Another island, an island-based developer doing some commercial investing in Calgary seems to be. Do, is that area stick out just because it seems like kind of the economies is the economy is rebounding there? There's still some great value to be had with some of the the commercial assets.
1: Uh, we have a we have a fondness for Alberta. Gary started his development career there back in the 1970s and over the, over the years, we have developed everywhere from Lethbridge all the way through up to Grand Prairie. So we, we understand those markets. We understand where our strengths are. So we'll always take a look at opportunities that our contacts in those markets bring to us. Unfortunately, nothing's really clicked the last two or three years because of some of the economic challenges that they're experiencing, particularly in the office market.
0: When you look at the first couple of quarters this year, um, you've mentioned a couple of these regions, Langley, Chilliwack, Squamish. Are these projects, like are you starting to uh, break ground in these in the next couple of months or is this? are we still kind of in the, the planning phases there?
1: For the Langley project, we've been under construction since uh, last fall and we'll be constru- under construction through the balance of this year. We hope to be completed uh, about this time, uh, 2023. That's a light industrial project. For Squamish, uh, Chilliwack, Esquimalt, all of those opportunities are recent acquisitions. We are very invested in the pre-development process. So we're working on, uh, depending on the location, either the rezoning applications or the development permit applications. And we'll be advancing those uh, later in the spring. And hopefully Q2 of next year, Q3 at the latest, we will be in a position to actually break ground on those projects.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm excited to, to hear more about that when it comes time. Um, I want to jump a little bit into the business building side of things. And, and as you've kind of built out Density, I'm wondering if you can kind of walk me through the steps that led yourself and your team to kind of to, to venture out on your own.
1: Well, that's a really good question. Speaking for myself, I've always been on this mission. I've always wanted to be uh, a real estate developer. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. As I mentioned earlier in our conversation, I'm the planning guy. I'm the detail guy. So this plan has taken many, many years to come to fruition because I believe in being prepared. But at the end of the day, when Gary and Velody and I decided to found Density, it was actually an easy decision. I've been building towards this pretty much by... uh, entire professional life. And even going back so far as uh, almost back to grade school, when I first got the inkling that this is something I wanted to do with my life.
0: Is there a moment that sticks out to you that you're very proud of? Perhaps, you know, it could go back farther in your resume, but I'm thinking maybe specifically with density, maybe one of your first deals, is there kind of a higher profile project that kind of sticks out to you?
1: You know, what, what What immediately popped into my head is our very first development, which was Kyle Road Business Park in West Kelowna. So one of those markets we just discussed for a bunch of reasons. One, it was the first it was the first deal. Um, it, it, it sort of planted the flag. It announced that density was here. We were stab, sort of reestablishing or planting that flag in a market we already knew well. It was also a validation of our marketing and development planning process as we were able to bring a light industrial business park project to the community that met their need for light industrial. Also, it, it was a sort of a reaffirmation of the relationship we have with some of our capital partners like Nicola Wealth, Cade Stone, and Northland Capital as trusted custodians uh, of their money. Uh, that, that was a great endorsement that they wanna continue doing business with us. One other thing is we started this during the recession, so a uh, little bit mad to be doing it, but uh, we're still here four years later.
0: When you started the, the, the business with your partners uh, and kind of contrasting it to where you're at now, is there a challenge that sticks out particularly, could be, uh, could be internal in terms of fear the, the, and taking the risk to, to get going versus what you're facing now in terms of maybe ev- evaluating a lot larger scope of opportunities?
1: Well like I just mentioned we were a little bit mad we started density during the recession so identifying uh, an opportunity or opportunities was uh, was essential as well as a major major challenge it's always what's the first deal what was unique as as density was starting up as a development company is we didn't have any de- we didn't have any opportunities in hand so the additional worry anxiety fear of not having the luxury of time to wait and see what was going to happen, what was going to evolve. The emphasis was on us to make something happen. And fortunately, we have a, a sort of a, a strong series of business relationships in, in, in the island and Kelowna and Vancouver markets that uh, they were willing to take a chance on us as well. So that was that was then. I, I reflect to today, and I'm just thinking of the day I've had already this morning. Uh, it's the challenges of escalating land costs, escalating construction prices, the the rapidly evolving regulatory environment. That uh, and these are challenges the whole industry is is facing. And at the end of the day, the the performer has to work. The marketing plan has to work, the development scenarios all have to work, not only for us and our capital partners, but we're building in a host of communities. It's it's also got to work for the community. And we do take some pride in delivering something that's going to work for the community at the end of the day. Uh, For our apartment building in Nanaimo, our VP of construction, uh, Jackie Lee, he and I worked proactively with our general contractor in Nanaimo to manage budgets, schedule supply chain challenges going right back to late 2019, early 2020, and managed those effectively. We listened, we responded, we invested time and energy in working with our team to not only anticipate the problems, but solve them before they were going to have uh, sort of a, uh, a material impact on the project. The result of that is, is that we're going to be delivering the projects uh, on time this spring to the city of Nanaimo, it'll be available.
0: As you look over the next couple of years, I know we mentioned the, you know, the next couple of quarters about you know, the regions that you're looking at and these investment sites. How do you see the business evolving in the next couple of years? You know, could it be anything from you know, an office in Alberta to you know, do you have a goal? Sometimes there's that phrase, big, hairy, audacious goal. You know, where do you want to be in, in 10 or 25 years? Have you, do you think about that kind of stuff?
1: All the time, all the time. Myself and my partners, we actually were in Nanaimo uh, a week ago. And we, uh, uh, we decided to take the ferry over rather than fly over so that we would have some meaningful time to catch up and plan. And really, we see the company, we see density growing in a similar fashion. We will still focus on the asset classes that we know very well. And what we're finding, particularly with our sort of our first couple of properties we have under contract for this year, uh, they're getting larger. They're going to take longer to deliver, and the properties are getting more complex. So it's it's moving in tandem with our sort of our natural growth and evolution. Along with that, we have added four more people to our team, and we're looking to hire more people. And we, we kind of feel that based on our collective experience and you know, crystal balling a little bit, uh, right now we're 11 people. We kind of figure in by the end of 2023, beginning of 2024, we'll, we'll be somewhere around 18 to 20 people. And we tend to hire and bring people onto our team who have a range of skill sets. And that allows us to do more with less and allows us to provide that sort of boutique, hands-on approach to our developments. So that's kind of what we're looking at for the next two to five
0: years. Well, I'm very excited uh to see that and and the projects you're going to come up with there. I want to ask you a little bit about your professional background. I did a very brief uh dive into your LinkedIn, saw kind of your your foundations in architecture, but I'm wondering if you can kind of, you know, if even if there's two or three kind of key career transitions that kind of stick out. And then I'll ask you about the kind of how that's impacted your ability to be successful there?
1: Well, I've, I've got a, a bit of a story to tell you about that. It's the one I tell everybody. So it's, it's actually in the blood. I mentioned one of my business partners is my uncle. And I go back to, I was 12. My family went to visit Gary in Calgary. He was at the start of his real estate career. And being a good host, he decided to take us on a tour of the many projects he had under construction at that point in time. I'd never given any thought to what he did, why he did. I had no idea what real estate, building, architecture, I had no idea what any of that even existed. So by the end of that, and it was a day-long tour, and at the end of the day, I knew what I was going to do with my life. It clicked. It resonated with me. I thought it was so cool that you could take an empty empty piece of property and create something. So that led to studying architecture at the University of Manitoba and practicing architecture everywhere from Toronto to Vancouver Island, United States. I even spent a couple of years overseas in, in Bermuda. And then ultimately that led me into real estate development So you you can say I've been on this journey for well over 40 years.
0: That is very cool. I appreciate you sharing that. When you got into real estate, is there something that's kept you there? Because sometimes you see career transitions uh, or, you know, people just want to do different things, but what's kind of kept you in this, in the industry?
1: I like a challenge. And what keeps me engaged, what gets me out of bed every morning is every property, every day. Uh, every project has problem-seeking solutions it allows me to sort of unlock the creative david but it also unlocks my uh inner detective my inner sherlock holmes i uh, i go searching for problems that need solutions because it's been my experience that that will help you lead to a thorough understanding of a property's potential, what a building wants to be. And what I always find satisfying, and I look for this on every single op- every single project I've worked on probably for the last 25 years or so, is discovering what I would call a little twist that's going to unlock a solution, unlock the property's potential that you can reflect back on. And that's usually the first thing I remember about a project. You know something we discovered in the zoning bylaws. Something we discovered kicking the dirt, walking the neighborhood, chatting with a neighbor, talking to one of our uh, one of our trusted colleagues within the business. And by doing that, it 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 leads to successful projects. And in the case of density, it, it's leading to our uh, to our initial success and leading us forward.
0: I'm wondering if you can speak to a little bit about your personal evolution as a leader. You know, you kind of, you, you've had this, this a fairly storied career from what I can tell. Is there anything that sticks out in terms of when you start, first started managing people to where you're at now and how you've approached that?
1: Yes, I think I was very fortunate at, uh, so at the, I would call it the sort of the dawning of my career, both as a interning student, as a green as grass intern architect going back late 80s, early 90s. I was very fortunate. I had my uncle as a role model, sort of, for the, sort of the business perspective. But then I was fortunate in having a series of architectural mentors, integrity, professionalism, and the expectation of excellence. And I think it helped form who I am today in that I require excellence from myself, from our team here, for our external consultants and i try to lead by example i rarely assign a task that i am not capable of doing myself and when i do assign a task uh, i will outline what i believe to be reasonable and realistic expectations so that we're working towards a series of, of goals objectives goals objectives that lead to successful completion of uh, a rezoning application Uh, construction, financing, marketing, whatever it may be, I use the same approach for everything.
0: Part of our audience, large part of our audience are business owners, uh, leaders, managers, things like that. Is there some advice that you would pass on to them uh, as they're looking to to grow and kind of, um, I I almost wonder about find meaning uh, and purpose in their, in their entrepreneurial journeys.
1: I kind of reflect back to just simple core values, patience, focus, Uh, One of the things that uh, I I repeat all the time here and with colleagues and with others is uh, do your homework. Oftentimes the opportunity, the way forward is in the details. And I I think in context to where we are in in today's world is be prepared for the best of times, be prepared for the worst of times. And if you have a good team with a good range of experience, you can you, you can improvise, overcome, adapt both the good and the bad that your business is going to be hit with. And I think there's one other thing that as we're starting to gain momentum with density is uh, to be generous um, and share the company's success uh, with the team. It, it takes a team to get the work done, and you have to be – sometimes we forget about that because we're so busy in our day-to-day that you do have to pause occasionally to – Recognize, celebrate, and compensate uh, your team for doing a good job. I mean, it's really important.
0: That's excellent, tremendous value uh, for the audience. I, I greatly appreciate that. Jumping into the end of the interview here, we've got four static questions that we that we ask each each individual. And so, I'm wondering if I can start off and ask you, do you have a favorite book? And that could be you know business fiction. There's no parameters or what that could be.
1: Monty and the Canadian Army by John English as in Field Marshal Montgomery and how he helped train the Canadian Army in World War II. However, the next book might be a little bit more pertinent to to your audience, which is my next book on the reading list is Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. It was a Christmas present, so it's up next.
0: Best personal advice that you have received?
1: That would actually be from not only uh, Gary, but actually several other uh, uncles, plus my uh, grandfather, paternal grandfather, which was, be honest with everyone you interact with, it'll never let you down.
0: App or piece of software you can't live without, aside from your email on your phone and Microsoft Office?
1: I'm an Apple junkie. So uh, the app that is running constantly is Todoist.
0: To-do-ist?
1: T-O-D-O-I-S-T. It's It's a project management slash to-do list organizing tool. I use it for sort of the critical, urgent, don't forget to do this on all of my projects and even for uh, office management.
0: Tremendous. I have not heard that one before, so I appreciate that. Uh, And the very last one for you, is there a favorite restaurant that sticks out to you on Vancouver Island?
1: There is. And my wife's going to be really upset when she hears my answer. Um, my favorite restaurant is actually Redfish Bluefish next to the Floatplane terminal downtown Victoria. Amazing fish and chips. I love it. I, I love fish and chips. And it's probably my favorite fish and chips place in, in BC.
0: Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. If you want to learn more about the interviewee, please check the web and social links provided in the video or listening platform description. Please send any feedback to info at businessexaminer.ca with the subject line podcast. We'll see you next week.